You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Come on, who's thankful for God's wisdom in their life? Hey, has anyone had a chance to, to get into the book of Proverbs this week? We kind of set that challenge to jump in. And you know what? If you haven't started yet, you can just start today. Jump in there. What are we? What's the date? We're the 11th today, so you can just jump straight in, read Proverbs chapter 11, and uh, you'll do great, I reckon. Hey, this morning we do continue our series, A Little Bit of Wisdom. I'm going for a lot of wisdom, because I need lots of wisdom. But the Bible is filled with answers for all the questions, all the decisions, all the difficult things that we have to go through, and God gives us incredible wisdom. And our prayer through the series is that when we find ourselves at that point of decision-making, when we're about to make a foolish decision, that the wisdom of God would be there and would be available for us, that we would choose wisdom over our folly. How many people think that's wisdom right there? (laughs) Hey, Solomon considered wisdom to be the greatest thing we could pursue, the greatest thing we could go after. He said, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. He was saying, do all you can to get the wisdom of God. And last week, we talked about four different types of people that you find in the book of Proverbs. And I dobbed myself in as the simple, the fool, the mocker, and trying to be a wise person, not a wise guy, but a wise person. And uh, we we talked about these four different types of people, and we we agreed that the the simple, they're not wise because they just don't know yet. You know, when we're young, we just don't know. We, 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 we take some time to gain that understanding. Now, if we want to uh, cure the simple, the very best thing that we can do is uh, just have some more time. <laughs> Sometimes time is all that's required and learning. But uh, we can get out of that simple phase, I believe, by surrounding ourselves with really wise people. The simple. Go find someone who's wiser than you. Ask questions, learn from them, and you'll grow. The, the fool, uh, the foolish behavior. Uh, we, we think we grow up from being a fool, but even the fool, as the Bible says, the, the fool returns to his folly just like a dog returns to his own vomit. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a disgusting verse, that one, to be honest. But come on, you see the dog do it, you go, why? Why would you go there? But, but isn't that what we do? The fool would have said it at 70 minutes, the body was, uh, the wise would have said the body was, was getting to its end and should go off as a sub, but the fool yesterday played on. Last kick of the game, it was, like the last pass I made and the ref blew the final whistle was when I popped my quad. So the wise would have gone off when the telltale signs were there, but no, the fool played on. The mocker, the mocker, uh, the mocker is not a coffee that you drink. Uh, but the one who is filled with pride and just loves to win the fight. Maybe you are the mocker. Maybe you know a mocker who just wants to pursue being right. Come on, the only cure, the only cure, unfortunately, for the mocker is God. It's a repentant heart that says, God, I humble myself before you, and I want to surround myself with the wisdom of others. And then we have the wise, who we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. And we're going to be learning what it means to be wise and how we can live with the wisdom of God. But if you were to sum up all of these four that we've been learning about, the simple, if you correct the simple, they won't understand you. Correct the fool, and they will ignore you. Correct the mocker, they will hate you. Correct the wise, and they will thank you. 
Come on, I love it when people come and say, hey, Mike, can I just talk to you about something? It's like, you know, initially your feelings get hurt a little bit, right? It's like, mm, you're saying something mean about me? No, no, this is somebody who loves me who's wanting to bring correction into my life. Come on, we should, we should receive that conversation and say, thank you, I appreciate it. Proverbs 9, 9 to 10 is the, verse, the two verses I want to focus on this morning. Instruct the wise, they'll be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. I want to go on, we, we looked at that verse last week, but I want to go on today. In verse 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want wisdom, it starts with the fear of the Lord. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Let's pray because I need God's wisdom to communicate this to you this morning. God, thank you. Thank you that wisdom is available. You say if any of us is lacking wisdom, that we can ask you, that you give this wisdom to us. If we would trust that wisdom, that we wouldn't doubt it. God, I just, I pray right now, Lord, in this place, Lord, for every situation that people are facing, that wisdom would come upon them, that they would know that that wisdom is from you, that, that, that you would be with them and you would, uh, you would give them that wisdom to the answer that, uh, that they need. God, we thank you for your presence here today. Amen. Understanding the fear of the Lord is essential because without the correct understanding, we may be led to believe that God is someone he's not. Um, depending on how we've grown up, we may have a different impression of God the Father. Depending on our own earthly father, we may have a different impression of who God our Father is. Maybe, maybe you've had a, a, a tough dad. Maybe, maybe you've had a, an abusive dad. Maybe you've had a loving dad. Well, we, we can learn from our own earthly fathers. Obviously, our, our, our loving father is, is different to our earthly dad. I love my dad, but he'd be the first to admit that he made mistakes. I know, I know, I, I feel like I'm a, an okay dad, but I, I know I make my mistakes too. But we need to understand who God is. We need to understand that God is love. God is love. And love comes in all shapes and forms, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Love isn't just happiness and good feelings. Love is all-encompassing, from, from, from growth to discipline to, 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 to tough conversations. That love is taking us to a place where we become more like God. And God is love. I, I, I want you to know that God is he's not an angry God trying to get his naughty kids. And maybe that's been your impression. I was talking with one of my soccer mates the other day. I said, oh, you're welcome to come to church. He says, if I set foot in this building, the walls would probably come down or the roof would come down. There's this impression that, you know, God will strike me dead just for being there. It's like, what a, what a complete misrepresentation. I mean, it's like you're out in the open and you're, you're open for him and you come to church and you think he'd have you then? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. You, if you came here, you would know how much he loves you. I want to put another verse alongside this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because when we understand the fear of the Lord, and for many years I, I, I never did, but the fear of the Lord, in Psalm 25, 14, if we read these two verses together, I think it gives us a, a, a good summary. It says, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. Another version says, friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear him. With them he will share the secrets of his covenant. In other words, God will call us in. So I want to tell you something, Mike. I want to share something with you. A deep secret of, of, of my heart for you and my heart for people. That's what God 
will have with us if we would have this fear of Him. Not afraid of Him, but in awe and reverence. God loves you. He is love. And this is a relationship with a perfect being who says, Mike, I know what you did last summer and last week and even last night, and yet I still love you and I'll still receive your worship. Come on, there are some people here this morning, even we're worshiping, going, God, I messed up. He goes, I know. I receive it anyway. I receive this worship. Your posture is the right posture when you are in sin. That is the perfect posture when we're in sin. It's God, I surrender. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. We're never more close to God than when we're in surrender to Him. That's what God wants to do in our life. The stuff in our life, don't have to fight God with it. Just give it to Him. Don't have to even debate it with Him. God, I messed up. Name it. Just say what it is. God, I did this. I did this. I did this. I am sorry. Please forgive me. In that place, you'll receive His love and His mercy. But sometimes He's just saying, come on, tell me what it is. Tell me, tell me what it is you're holding on to. But the, the fear of the Lord is a, is, a, is a friendship, but it's not a friend on equal terms. There's an awe and a reverence. It would be like if I, went to the, if I had an audience with the queen, how I approach her is going to be quite different to how I'd probably approach a mate. I'm not going to go high-five her and, you know, you know, give her a fist bump. There's an awe and a reverence, right? And how much more God, the creator of the universe, Yes, he desires friendship, but my response isn't, hey, bro. My response is, God, I love you. You are awesome. You are creator. You are all-powerful. And so our response is one of, yes, God, you desire friendship, but that's because I, my, my response will be worship. We read the Bible, and we understand that his word is life, and it's light to us. We come to church with an expectation that God wants to do something in our lives. So I want to look at three things this morning, three aspects, three attributes of God that if we understand these three things and we, and we have this as a daily practice, I believe we will walk in a healthy fear of the Lord. The first thought is that God is awesome. God is awesome. God is an awesome God. We need to stop and consider that often. Just look around, as, as Rachel said this morning. Look around. Look around at what he's made. My goodness, wow. Look at the, the incredible creation that he's given us to enjoy. I mean, he could have done it in, in, in just black and white. But he goes, no, I'll have a pop of color there. How about a peacock? What do you reckon about that? The flowers, I mean... I've just started painting. One of the things I picked up on sabbatical was just I picked up the paintbrushes after 20 years. And I've been just trying to capture some colors and landscapes. Do you know how many shades of green there are? It's like, wow. It's like just, and, and you look out in the, in the hillside. You look in this beautiful country. God is awesome. And we, and we need to be in constant awe of our God. Let's never lose that. Let's never come to church and go, oh, here we go again. Come on, let's come into this place with this, with this reverence, with this holy fear, saying, God, I'm here to meet with the creator of the universe. When we open the word, you know, do we open it in awe? Because you know, I'll be honest, sometimes I just open the word because I know I have to. 
Sometimes. But then I change my prayer language when, I, when I'm feeling like that, right? It's like, oh, what am I doing? I'm, I've, I've, I've just slipped into a routine, a habit, which is not a bad habit. Come on, every, every meal you eat is good for you, right? Okay, you don't always have to enjoy every meal, but it's good for you. But, but when, when we find ourselves reading the Word of God going, tick the box, right, what's next? Then, then our heart needs to move. My heart needs to move and say, God, would you inspire me again with your Word? I want to capture your heart for the Word again. God is awesome. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of Him. You know, I often leave on a Sunday morning with a goofy grin on my face. And this morning, I was just, as we were worshiping, this morning, I don't know about you, but I was just like, wow. Because <laughs> none of us are that impressive. You know, and everything that God does is awesome. And when we surrender ourselves to Him and when we say, God, look at what He did this morning. Look at what He did in our midst. Because He's an awesome God. He wants to do that in our lives and and the lives of our friends. Isaiah knew it. Isaiah declares, he's one of the prophets in the Old Testament. He says, do you not know? It's like, come on, do you not know? Have you not heard? Do you not realize? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding. No one can fathom. If we want to grow in our fear of the Lord, we need to understand that God is awesome. Second thing. We need to understand, and you might not like this one much. I don't sometimes, but God is right. We need to understand that God is right. I don't know. I'm lining up this decision that I'm thinking of making. And then I read the Word of God, and it's so different to what I'm thinking of doing. So which one do I choose? I mean, it's a pretty tough decision, right? Is it? Which one moves? Quick quiz. I move because I'm wrong and God is right. Come on. There's conversations going on at the moment that God is right. We've got to trust Him. See, if we make our decisions based on our feelings, we get ourselves in a lot of trouble. I've been there. I've created a whole lot of mess when I went on my feelings and what I thought and what I wanted. But when God... He says, this is how I'd like you to walk and walk in it. What a difference. I love this Psalm 19, 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Come on, sometimes when you read the word of God and it captures you, you come alive. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. We can trust the word of God, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. I love this verse. I don't know if you've ever looked into the eyes of a wise person as they're sharing something with you. There is something about it. You just know that they've been with Jesus that morning. <laughs> you know that they've opened the word of God. You know that they've been in prayer and they're looking at you and there is light in their eyes, the wisdom of God. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious and gold. Come on, we pursue gold. We pursue all of these things, but more precious than that is the relationship with him. They are sweeter than honey. They are honey from the cone. By them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is a great reward. Friends, do you love Jesus? If you do, you love his word. If you love his word, you love Jesus. 
Jesus is the Word. He is the living Word. And every time we read the Word, we are connecting to Jesus. We are fellowshipping. We are communing with Jesus. Psalm 119 is an amazing chapter in the Bible. It's a really big chapter, 176 verses, the biggest single chapter in the Bible. And every verse is a, is a statement of how good the Word of God is, how important the Word of God is for us. As a teenager, I learned, I've hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, 11. Locked it in, in my heart. Because I, I was facing things that I wanted to think that I was right. And then in the middle of those moments, God was saying, no, no, I'm right. So rather than me staying in this place of sin, I had God's word in my heart in those difficult moments. If fear is a problem for you, if anxiety is a problem for you, if lust is a problem for you, if unforgiveness is a problem for you, what is the word of God that you've hidden in your heart so that when those feelings come up, when, you, when you're having to deal with that, what's our response? Jesus in the wilderness, he, he didn't give a clever comeback. He just simply said, it is written. He just spoke the word of God. Let me share a few that I, that I, I wrestled with as a, child, as, um, as a teenager and into my adult life. And the things where I, I wanted to stay in this place of being wrong, and I liked it being in there. But God says, I want to move you into righteousness. Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Proverbs 19.23. One of the things I struggle with is, is, is quite early on as a teenager and, um, in, my, in our early marriage is I, I would just kind of say what I wanted to say and not really care what the outcome was. You know, if, if it kind of sounded funny and witty and sarcastic, I just chuck it out there, not really realizing how much my words were hurting people, uh, especially the one I loved the most, my wife, but I wasn't treating her that way. So these words would come out as cutting, sharp. It's like, yeah, I say what I like. Yeah? I'm, a, I'm a pretty good person. I'll just sharp tongue, pretty witty, yeah? good comeback, win an argument, even when I know I'm wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. So I learned, Philippians 4.8, I had to put some scripture in me. I actually wrote a little song that I won't sing to you this morning. Think about things that are pure and lovely. Dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can thank God for and be glad about it. There's another version up on the screen, but that's the one I learned. G, C, E minor, D. If you need the chords to learn at home. So. But you know what? I, I had to change. I had to change because God is right. I had to come into his way of thinking. I struggled with p- pornography as a teenager. Found it at 16, 17. Fascinated me as a, as a, as a young man. And I knew it was wrong. And I, I returned to it as a fool. Returns to his folly. Knew it was wrong. Knew it was affecting me. And I needed the word to combat that because I was struggling. I'd, I'd keep going back there. And so I learned. I got some word hidden in my heart. Let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality among you. Ephesians 5.3. Psalm 31.1. I have made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look lustfully at another woman. 
Come on. When we're struggling in these areas, the word of God, the wisdom of God will allow us to find freedom. But then there was the people that I wanted to hate. And I quite enjoyed hating them. I quite enjoyed being offended. I know maybe I'm the only person that we take the sixth sense of pleasure in being offended. (laughs) That person hurt me, so they deserve my offense. How's that going for you? Man, I just got eaten up and rotten on the inside. I put them in jail and found myself in jail. (laughs) And I had the ability to free them because my forgiveness and the releasing of the judgment I had on them could free them. So I had to go to the Word of God again. (laughs) And I didn't like this one. You know how Jesus talks in parables? Tell stories and you go, ah, I'm not sure if that, don't know if I fully understand the meaning of this one. This one wasn't a parable. If you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. No parable there. (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't read this any other way. And we can only find the power to forgive someone because we've been forgiven first. Because he's forgiven us, we have the power to. We can love because he's loved us. But if unforgiveness is something, if you're holding offense towards somebody that's hurt you, I need to say something here because what they did is not right. What they did was not acceptable. What, what they did is not a reflection on who you are as a person. It doesn't devalue you or take away your worth. What they did was wrong. But if you hold offense towards that person, If that offense stays, your your bitterness will continue to grow. The only way to move past that is to surrender, ask God to forgive us, release them from the judgment and say, God, I forgive them. Reconciliation may or may not take place, but forgiveness can. And and I I felt this morning that I just needed to pray even right now in this moment for anybody that's, that's in that place. So would you just take a moment, if this relates to you, maybe just close your eyes and, and you, just, you just make it personal with God and maybe the person that you know you need to just release, that, that, that unforgiveness, that whatever it is, that offense you've been holding. God, we don't have the power to, to forgive without the forgiveness that you've shown us. God, you've forgiven us so that we can forgive others. God, I pray for courage. Because it's not easy. God, this is the hardest thing to do. We can change a habit, and, but to forgive someone who's wronged us, God, it's so hard. God, I pray for courage that right now, even prayers are being prayed. God, I forgive that person for the hurt they caused me. I forgive them for the abuse that they, they put on me. I forgive them for the way they cheated me. I forgive them for the words they spoke about me. And I release them from judgment, my judgment. God, I speak love and life over them. I release them, God, in Jesus' name. I think maybe for some, another step has to be taken, and that's a, it's a conversation. Hey, just want to say I, I, I appreciate you. I love you. 
Maybe God will invite you to take that step and make an opportunity, even in this week. You, you, you didn't even plan it, but God's going to put you in the right place with that person to say, hey, let's make our relationship right again. Amen? Yeah. Friends, we've got to remember that God is right, and he shows us how we can be too. And he does that because he loves us. You know, as, as a parent, there isn't a, a, a person on the planet that loves my kids more than me. I'm absolutely certain of that. You know, you might love my kids, but I love them more. <laughs> Even my grandparents, you know, Nana and Papa, they're here. They love our kids, but, but I love them more. And I love them. And sometimes they annoy me and frustrate me, right? Come on, I was a, I was a kid. I, I was that to my parents. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> and, and, and yet I love them so much, and I have no problem disciplining them. A loving father, a loving parent will discipline their children. Why? Because there's a particular set of values that matter to me. Because I know what they don't. I know that honesty and integrity matters. I know that telling the truth matters. And so I'll come after that stuff with all of the love that I've got within me and deal with that stuff. How much more would our heavenly father say there's a value that I have the way you could live your life. And you're, when, you're, when you're out of that, I want to bring you back into alignment again because God is right. And as the band come this morning, God is awesome, God is right, and God is holy. God is holy. As a church community, we'll do whatever it takes to, to see people find freedom in Christ. You know, we'll, we'll change what we do, we'll change the songs, we'll change the way we present. The message doesn't change, and one thing that will never change is the fact that God is holy. God doesn't become relevant. <laughs> He's holy. <laughs> He's holy. Now, obviously, the way we communicate, all of that can change. That's all up for grabs. We're never going to hold on to any of that. If there's a better way of, of having a church service or small groups, and we, we'll change. We'll, we'll move. We'll move because, hey, Whatever it takes. But God is holy. And we've got to take moments as often as we can in our week to declare, God, you are holy. He's unrivaled. There is no one like our God. There's no power or principality that holds anything on God. He doesn't owe us anything, and yet He gives it all freely. That's the mighty God we serve. Our sin was forgiven. My sin was so great, and yet God forgave me. And He desires friendship with me. The holy fear of the Lord, awe and reverence. But there's a friendship that comes with it. <laughs> That's our mighty God, that He would desire that with us. I love the Psalm 99.5. Exalt the Lord our God, bow low before His feet, for He is holy. I think sometimes when we bow down, it's just a reminder that we're not on His level. Come on, let's never, never ever think that we are at God's level. He is God. He is holy. And He is worthy of all of our praise. In fact, why don't you stand to your feet? Because we're going to make this practical right now. I really felt as we were preparing for this Sunday, sometimes in these corporate moments of worship, there is something about the faith of people coming together. I mean, it's great that we all, we all have the opportunity to worship God at different times and different moments. 
and I lift my praise and I'm, when I'm driving, I'm praying and I'm singing and I'm praising and it's me and God and it's awesome. But there is something about the corporate gathering. You see right throughout Scripture, the moment the people gathered and they surrendered their lives to God and the presence of God fell. There's something about the gathering. And I really sensed as I was praying into this week that the measure of surrender would relate to the measure of wisdom you would receive. I really believe that there's some people facing some challenges, some decisions, and your measure of surrender in this moment will be the measure of wisdom that's imparted to you. So as we begin to worship, don't worship for the answer. We worship God because He's God. But I'm believing that as we worship Him, answers will be coming to people. Decisions will be made out of today, out of this moment, because we are fully surrendered to God. God is awesome. God is right. God is holy. And over all of this, God is love. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God, but as we sing the song this morning, would you lift your hands in full worship and surrender to God? And say, God, I exalt you. I exalt your name above every other name. You are God. And God, I thank you that we can come and we can worship together. And we thank you for these moments that we get to share. But God, right now, we give you praise and glory and honor because that is what you deserve. Come on, let's worship together.
Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.